Welcome to the Vertical Go-To-Market Podcast, where you'll discover new opportunities to grow your business from seven figures to eight from the world's most successful agency and B2B SaaS executives. I'm your host, Corey Quinn. Let's jump into the show. Today, I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Health Launchpad, Adam Tarinas. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me on the I'm show. super excited for our conversation. Please just tell us a little bit about yourself and what Health Launchpad does. So I am, I'd say this is my part three of my career. So first uh, couple of decades uh, was in the traditional agency and digital agency business, working with big agencies. And then I took a weird right turn in act two and I started a healthcare technology company, which I built up and then eventually sold in 2019. And then I thought, I want to go back to my first love, which is marketing. And so I thought, hey, you know, I love marketing. I love B2B marketing. And I seem to know a bit about healthcare. Although in fact, I know a lot about healthcare. And so I thought, you know what I'll do is I'll start a, an agency focused exclusively on healthcare technology. So sort of business to business of healthcare. So I don't, you know, we don't, we don't help hospitals get new patients. We help software companies and services companies get hospitals and insurance companies and things. So like that. just to clarify the specific, specific business for health launchpad is you work with healthcare technology companies who are trying to market their products and services into uh, hospital systems or what, what, what is the typical? Exactly yeah. right. Yes. So okay. our, our typical customer, they kind of bifurcate. So we have several large healthcare organizations. So for example, one's called AMN Healthcare. They're a massive staffing company, a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. And we work with their language services division. So we're helping them sell to the healthcare system market. So basically hospitals and other ancillary uh, organizations around that. And then the other, the other end of the spectrum, we also work with venture backed companies. And uh, in those cases, we're often actually acting as their marketing department. So, you know, maybe working with the founder team so, for example, we're working with this amazing AI company called DeepScribe AI, which has raised uh, over $50 million and uh, they've got this fantastic AI solution and we are helping them market to the hospital market. And as they're sort of in the early stages, we're actually they're sort of outsourcing a lot of their marketing to us. And eventually they'll scale up their marketing team and they'll take it over. And so that's the kind of way we work. We, and it's, it's essentially the, the, our clients fall into those two camps. Got it. And the similarity, a couple of similarities, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, one is that your clients, whether they be, you know, your healthcare tech companies or their venture-backed businesses, they're all trying to attract more clients within that sort of that hospital and hospital system ecosystem. Yeah, the, you got it. The thing they all have in common is business to business, long, complex life sales cycles with complicated buyer collectives with, you know, sometimes several dozen people involved in the, in the sales process. Yeah. The sales cycle can last, you know, over a year in some cases. And so we specialize in that. And what we do, you know, specifically yeah. for them is a range of services. So at the heart of it is account-based marketing, 
which, you know, if you know anything about B2B marketing, is sort of where B2B marketing has been going for the last 15, 20 yeah. years. And that's at the foundation of what we do. But we also, you know, we'll do digital marketing. So we do SEO, we do SEM, we'll build well yeah. websites, we'll do branding, messaging, and demand generation. And we also have, you know, public relations and events specialists as well. What sets us apart from, you know, regular B2B agencies that might be really good at account-based marketing is, you know, the majority of our team have uh, a deep, deep expertise in healthcare. So people like myself who've spent, you know, 10 plus years, in fact, many of them are actually even longer than me in healthcare. And so sort of have been in the shoes of the companies that we're selling to. So we know how hard it is. And which, which is, you know, in healthcare is an important thing because it's, it's the most unusual market. I, I personally think it's the hardest market to sell into. And I know a lot of people, you know, whether you're in financial services, because you might say it's the hardest market to sell to. And I've, I've worked in financial services and I can tell you healthcare is harder. And so you need, you really do need domain expertise. And so we bring, bring that to bear. So I would love to dig into that a little bit, like besides just understanding sort of background in healthcare, like why, why is specialization in healthcare, specifically hosp hospitals, why is that important? Why is that, you know, why is that? that well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you so how I ended up making the decision to do this. So, you know, it's 2020 early 2020 <laughs> by that and i mean early enough in 2020 that, that people were talking about covid in the news but it wasn't a thing yet and so i started i was doing a little consulting on my own and i was thought you know i want to have a business to business consulting agency and we'll do some stuff in healthcare and then we'll also market to patients and you know i was trying to write the proposition i found it was like way too amorphous <laughs> And I was talking to a good friend of mine who happens to be the chief marketing officer of a large healthcare technology company. And he said, and he's always been, he, he was my first boss in the, when I moved to the US in, in the late 80s. And um, he's always been extremely candid to me. And he said, hey, dummy, the only thing you really know anything about that I would credibly hire you for is your, your knowledge about healthcare. You know, there are millions of people, you know, have thousands sure. of people who know more about B2B marketing than you do. Whether that's true or not, I sort of took the point and then thought, well, actually, I thought, and, I th my, and then I thought, you know, it's too small a market. Do I really want to just focus on that? And then I thought to myself, wait a second, when I was running my own software company, I would every year pay a visit to the annual, big annual global trade show, which is called HIMSS, which is the massive health, uh, the sort of like, you know, Comdex used to be, it's, you know, there are 50,000 attendees at this show. And I thought about the exhibit hall and the exhibit hall would often take, you know, five or the size of five or six football fields, hundreds of exhibitors. And that, uh, and that wasn't every single company that was in healthcare technology or healthcare services. And I thought to myself, if I could serve, if, if I was to have a business where I served you know, 1%, 2%, you know, got, wow, amazing, 5% of the companies that were in that room, I'd have a very successful business. And so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to focus on, on healthcare technology. And then, you know, th th again, the reason for doing it is that, you know, if you only have to, you only have to spend five minutes in healthcare to understand how hard it is. 
Yeah, I'll tell, tell another little story if you want. Is that when I first started in healthcare, this is in 2011. So I'd, I had I'd left the sort of big agency business and I was doing a bit of consulting with, with a friend of mine. And uh, it was sort of, sort of, it was assessing the strategic relationship between agencies and their clients or through between other strategic partners. And a friend, another friend of mine who's a doctor said, you know what? The methodology that you're talking about would be hyper-relevant to healthcare because the relationship between the physicians and their healthcare systems, and they're dependent on each other, is broken. So I thought, okay, well, why not? We could go pitch that to some hospitals. I, so I, we went off to our first meeting together to meet with the board of, of a healthcare system in New Jersey. And when I walked into the hospital, I realized I, the last time I'd been in a hospital, which is where my son had been born 20 years beforehand. And I thought, uh, I walked into the meeting and I literally hadn't a clue what anybody was saying. It was like I'd walk, I'd gone into a meeting full of Martians. <laughs> it was their language, I didn't know what they were yeah. talking about. Thankfully, my partner happened to be a physician. So he could translate what they were saying. Yeah. And between the two of us, we were able to actually kind of figure out what our value was going to be to them. And so we, that business then morphed actually into a software business. I'll spare you all the gory details about running a technology company. But it took me about a year to really feel, to, to get over the imposter syndrome of, of, of being in healthcare and to feel like I could have a conversation in the C-suite of a healthcare organization and feel like I actually understood, understood the conversation in the room and could add some value. And that's, and then it took, then over the next seven or eight years with a software company, I then learned how hard it is to actually sell into healthcare yeah. systems, and how complicated it is. And so, you know, when I, when I set up Health Launchpad, I realized it's like people in this industry get how hard it is. And so having, working with a company like mine, where we can actually help, you know, we, they don't have to teach us how to take teachers healthcare. In fact, in many cases, we're teaching our clients aspects of healthcare that they didn't sure. realize. Um, so that's, and that's why I've, I've, I've specialized. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's a, that's a big benefit. I mean, you're, you're doing, and I'll use shorthand, but you're doing ABM for your, your health tech clients you know, for these big, big hospital systems. And so doing it day in, day out, you're going to, you're going to learn things about their business to your point that they don't, they don't even realize yet because they don't spend all their day, all day in marketing. Right. And so that's, yeah. that's an extreme yeah. value, value add that I saw even yeah. in my time at Scorpion with, with attorneys and whatnot. That's right. Yeah. Well, just I mean, on that point, and it, yeah. it's, you know, I think that in my days before healthcare, yeah. um, I thought actually, coming from the agency business, this sort of traditional agency business, when somebody said healthcare marketing, I thought they were talking about pharmaceutical life sciences, sure. pharmaceuticals. It never occurred to me that people would, you know, that people would sell to a hospital or that, you know, or to a health insurance yeah. company. And the deeper you get into, the more complex you realize it is. And so the nuances within it are extraordinary. I mean, and, and, and to, uh, it was quite interesting. Why don't we just completed a project with a very large company remain nameless it's a confidential project and they were looking to enter they're in the healthcare provider the hospital-based market but they're looking to expand into the insurance health insurance market 
and they knew enough to be dangerous, but they really didn't feel they knew how that how this you know this asp this segment within healthcare board. So we had went out and conducted some first party research, Great. and we were able to create a really precise buyer journey for them. And so, you know, that's the kind of thing which, you know, if you're if you're in it, if you're in that market and you understand it and you can bring that level of specialism to it, it does set you sure. apart. I imagine from a competitive perspective, you're you're creating a moat around your business with regard to all of the other generalists or people in healthcare who, you know, like for instance, in, you know, uh, dentists are uh, you could you could say fall within the the umbrella of industry of healthcare of which there are yeah. private practices there are dso's which are multi location back office type of things and there's there's a lot of complexity there and so for your business the fact that you've focused in on the art and science of selling of helping businesses to sell to hospital systems of which I have some personal exp professional experience having worked at Scorpion and I'm familiar with those long buying cycles with many stakeholders at the long board table where you're doing the formal suit and tie pitches. I mean, it's, it is a serious, serious thing. So from a competitive perspective, being able to go in there, speak the language, use the jargon, you know, go toe to toe on that front. That's all awesome. But how do you then, how big, how many of competitors are there in your space who let's say have gone that gone that same distance and could be able to do the same type of things in that in that boardroom so i i could i could name them on one hand uh, and still have a few things <laughs> i think there are three other firms actually no, four other firms that i can think of that only do healthcare technology and, and services and, you know, then there are a few firms that have a, a strong that sort of a B2B agencies with a strong healthcare practice. However, I don't, you know, I, I don't, we never, funny enough, we never, it's very, very rare that we lose to a competitor. The biggest competition that we have is, well, there's, there's two. One is inertia. You know, like yeah, it's just, uh, well. I think, thinking with yeah. ABM, we're not going to do it. But, but the other, the other big, big thing, and this was a really sort of tough lesson for me coming back into the agency business after being out of it for a decade is that our biggest competitor is in-house. Hmm. And so, you know, we started work with a client the other day and they're very excited about the work we're going to do with them. And we're going to, we're helping them get up the, a, the ABM curve. But they've already told us to us, the, the CEOs, you know, I was in a meeting with the CEO and the head of marketing and the CEO to him. So it's great. So when you, when these guys have taught you how to do right. it, you're going to take right. this in-house, right? right? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. Wow. Right. <laughs> well, I think. Shoot, yeah. you more. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say that, that typically I've seen that in my own experience happen typically more often when it is a larger enterprise-y like a, like a uh, type of business, whereas Let's say, on the other hand, an attorney, a small law firm, a couple of attorneys, they're not going to go through the effort to build up a whole marketing team. However, in a, at a hospital system, a multi-billion dollar, multi-location business that has definitely a, you know, a huge yeah. investment in marketing, you know, the, thinking about this idea of, well, this is just a new skill set that we need to train for. We'll hire this specialty right. agency. We'll, we'll learn what we need to learn. And then we'll sort of move them down the road. How do you, how do you combat, combat that? Well, I, t I tell you, it, it, this goes back to my, actually goes back to my agency days and also my software days, which is, 
<laughs> Frankly, I would say on the software side, we were probably more, even more effective at expanding an existing customer than winning new customers. In fact, there was a couple of years where we, you know, we added some logos, but not as that most of our growth actually came from existing customers. And the same on the agency side. I, you know, and I, I had a relationship with one client where we 10x'd it over five years. And that's down to two things. It's down to number one, you know, the is it's down to listening and listening really hard at what to make sure that you really understand what the challenges are that your client has, and then looking for opportunities to deliver additional value. So they're always looking for help with something, you know, and so for example, with one of our clients, you know, we've been training them, you know, kind of teaching them how to do ABM and to do certain aspects of marketing and actually introducing them to vendors that we work with. And now they've added some teammates and they're gonna kind of take a lot of that in-house. So. That part, you know, so the marketing team is, you know, we've got, still got a great relationship. We're still working with them, but our, the amount, the sort of the, the level has gone down. But in the process, we also understood that they're trying to really change up the way that their uh, customer success people engage with their clients. They were trying to improve customer experience, uh, like transform it. And so we've done some work in that area and we were able to show them some work that we did for um, a healthcare franchise called Restore, where we basically developed a playbook to train their clinicians how to be salespeople. And so we're gonna do that work for them. And so we've just moved, we've kind of moved department. And the way that I've done this is, I've kind of, you know, I, I, I think of the agency as being a collective. And so there's, you know, there's a core of about half a dozen people that are essentially full time, right? But then there's an extended team of specialists who've got their own businesses, but who I, I know well enough and, and, and trust them. And I bring them on to do specialist things like, for example, public relations. And that allows me to sort of add to existing relationships or just transform the relationship so that it, it, it just, it, it more, the relationship morphs according to the client's needs. So what we start off doing might not be what we're doing with them a year or two later, but we continue to have a relationship and to be a, be a, be of service to them. Makes sense. It's especially, you know, every business are always solving complex, challenging problems. If you have a great relationship and if you're yeah. able to help in an area like that, that's a really smart way to grow and to maintain sort of that I mean, valuable relationship. Yeah, I mean, our, typically our point of entry is account-based marketing. So that's a, but what happens is over the course of the relationship, this is, hey, could you help us with this? And that's where, yeah, yeah, funny enough, we could. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So previous to recording, we actually had a chat about how you, you grow the agency and how you attract new healthcare clients. And you had some pretty interesting ideas and things you guys do would you mind just kind of talking broadly about how how do you how sure. do you grow and how do you yeah. find new new clients well i'll give you a little, little story about how it, how it actually kind of backed into it because it wasn't my, wasn't my plan so i i did a lot of preparation to launch the company and uh what i was going to do was you know launch it go to hims the annual show and i was going to walk the floor see all you know various reconnect with various friends and sort of network and that was how i was going to get customers and i was going to go to another couple of health tech shows and i was going to do this globally 
and I, I uh, launched the company on March 6th at noon. And at March 6th at 12.01, HIMSS, the big annual trade show, was cancelled. <laughs> and then South by Southwest was cancelled. And then HIMSS International yeah, was cancelled. And, 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 and. And so I was like, hmm, that's a, <laughs> this is interesting. And so it forced me to do something I always wanted to do, is take a much more content-led approach to marketing. And what we've developed is what I call my four-corner marketing strategy. So I'll take you through the four corners. Please. So the cornerstone of it is content. So we write a blog post every week, an article, and we publish that across multiple channels. We do, we have a podcast, uh, it's called the Health Debt Marketing Show. We, we do that you know, like this on podcast and on uh, YouTube as well. And then we, we then turn that into written content a, 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 as well. And so we're always publishing content. We've produced hundreds of pieces of content in the last three years. So that's the first cornerstone. The second is a very intentional strategy with SEO. So one of the things that I personally invested in was an SEO consultant who's actually now part of the team to create, to help me figure out what words we were going to try and dominate. And what's happened as a result of that, combined with the content, is that our, our traffic has gone up 10x over two years. And I would say 70% of the traffic we get on the website is through non-branded keywords. So that means basically 70% of the people who come to the website have never heard of us when they get there, but until they get there. The third aspect to it is social media. So I view social media as like the, it's, the, it's, it's our channel, you know, it's our TV, you know, it's like, uh, it's, I, I used to call it the Adam channel, but it's the health launchpad channel. And so every, I, I'd send out connection requests every day. I work really hard on following the right people and trying to build a relationship so that I get following back and that builds up the following. Yeah. I publish, you know, I post on LinkedIn every day. I just, you know, I just use LinkedIn to the max and it's and i do that because it basically amplifies all of all of the content and then the third thing is partnership so I, for example i've got a partnership with hymns where we've been an educational partner on marketing for three years and there are other companies that we've partnered with as well and that helps to sort of extend out to their audience and i know it works because i've analyzed the source of business and so 50 percent of the business comes from referrals and the other 50% is cold business, which has come in inbound. And the people said, and I, so for example, a client the other day, a new client started with us. And I said, so, so how did you hear about us? And he said, well, I, I, I read, I watched one of your webinars, I think about a year ago. And I've been following, oh no, I Googled uh, healthcare ABM and I came to it and I've been following you ever since, but it was never the right time and now's the right time. And, and about half the business has come that way. And then on the referral side, the other, it, it, it strongly influences that. And so it's the four corners, content, SEO, social, and partnership. Um, and partnership. Agency owners, in 2024, do you want to finally escape founder-led sales? My book, Anyone Not Everyone, gives you a unique solution to a big problem that digital agency owners face, serving too many types of clients. In my book, I guide you through my proven five-step process, helping you to transform from a generalist to a vertical market specialist. The best part is the methods in this book are simple, authentic, 
and effective. It's been endorsed by well-known author, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, legendary marketer, Aaron Ross, positioning expert, April Dunford, gifting expert, John Rulin, as well as many leading agency owners and thought leaders. So whether you're a seasoned agency owner or just getting started out, my book, Anyone Not Everyone, is your ultimate resource to unlock your agency's potential and scale revenue. The book launches in March and the good news is that you can go to my website right now and sign up to be notified when it launches. You'll also get access to some early bonuses just by signing up to be notified today. Go to anyonenoteveryone.com. That's anyonenoteveryone.com. Now back to the show. I'd love to learn a little bit more about the partnership piece because it's interestingly very overlooked <laughs> from a, yeah. uh, at least in my experience, from an agency perspective who's looking to specialize in a vertical. You know, Hims, as you've mentioned now, is is a te- my understanding is it's a technology related healthcare association. They have a huge conference where everyone comes out. Yep. And you went through your tech company. You had already had had a presence at their shows. Maybe did you have a relationship with that at that yes. time, or was this was this a new? Yeah, yeah I, I'd been well, exactly. I'd been a customer, but um, what well, you know, it, it, this was actually sort of you know, I, I, I when uh, when COVID happened, you probably experienced this too. You know, I got I joined a bunch of networking groups, and it was an old friend of mine, a guy who used to work with at Ogilvy you know, a thousand years ago. And um, he had this networking group of people who got together on Fridays and we just talk about, you know, on Zoom, a big Zoom call. And there was somebody on it who happened to be on Hims's advisory board. And she said, look, I think I'd like to introduce you to, 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 to them. And so I, I got connected in with them. And it was at the time when they were looking to create new programs for their clients where they could actually educate them about things like account-based right. marketing. And that's how it got started. Yeah. And so they sponsor a lot of what we do together. And But there are others as well. Like, for example, I did some work with this uh, ABM company called Bombora. And, you know, I've done some, had some other partnerships as well. They're hard to make sustainable. You know, there's a lot of partnerships you drift in and out of. And uh, it's, it's something I, I think of, of the four, I think of the four corners, it's the one where I don't think we've quite, cr- you know, fully sure. cracked it, but we're probably further along than yeah. many companies. Well, I'll share, I'll share an anecdote from my time at Scorpion, which was a agency that focused on like seven or eight verticals, if you, depending on how you define them. And within legal, let's call that an industry, there are personal injury yes. attorneys and criminal defense attorneys and family law attorneys. Each of those have their own associations and mini associations and groups and conferences. And what we made the mistake, the fatal, not fatal, but I would say it was, it was definitely a waste, a wasteful decision was we, we just joined a lot of associations by, you know, filling out the online membership form and paying the fee. We were, you know, a vendor on their list. And what we realized pretty soon was we weren't getting any value any of, out of any of the associations that we had paid to be a part of that we were also not investing in, right? So the idea that it sounds like for yeah. him, you're providing them with educational material and you're helping them to further their own oh. cause. And I kind of, I likened it to it as like, you know, it's like joining a gym and not actually going to get good to, to go work out. You're not going to get any results yeah, that way. You, you, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, good yeah the advice yeah. I give is, yeah, you really do. Yeah. You, yeah. 
And I, and I tell you, this is something which is, you know, from my software days, I, I was burnt by a lot of partnership, partnerships. And I'll, like I remember, you know, we, we, Verizon was courting us to become a partner. And I thought, this is really good. This could make us. And I, got, I mean, it went through the process. We had to fill out all these forms and all this process. And, and then it was like, we actually got to the point of consummating it. And I realized at that point, well, the partnership was basically, we bought their data from them. And then we could sell that data and they wouldn't really guarantee anything in return. So I said, well, why is this a partnership? Well, you get to buy our data or at a discount. I don't want your data. <laughs> I just want you to promote right, me. Exactly. Both <laughs> oh, we might do. Yeah. Oh, we'll right. do that. You can be, you know, on our, in our booth at, you know, a trade show, or whatever. I was like, yeah, fine. So I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> do you do ABM for your own business? Uh, yes, we okay. do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> it's, the funny thing is, is a little bit of shoemaker's children of because, you know, in, because we focused on, we have heavily focused on inbound and the inbounds work. So, you know, we haven't had an urgency to, to do it. it, but we have been doing it for the last yeah. year. And, and, and one of the things actually, so another partner is an ABM platform called Propensity. And so when we work with clients, they don't actually need to go out and buy an ABM platform like a demand base or anything like that, because we can basically, they can have it as a service with us and we use that for ourselves. And so, for example, you know, I know we, we've, we've got a, you know, a target account list. So we've gone through the, the hundreds of companies out there that are healthcare tech, you know, healthcare technology, and we've come up with a list, you know, a, a defined target account list that we think is sort of our ideal customer profile. And we, uh, we use uh, the intent data, so third-party intent data, to identify who appears to be in market for the types of things that we do. And then we run advertising to them. And then in addition to that, you know, we know when they've been on the website. And, we're, and then in addition to that, you know, they, they are sort of the, the I, I've got a, a list within Sales Navigator of the marketing people within those and I'm, I, I'm, you know, nurturing those relationships right. and, you know, so for example, yeah, th there's all sorts of things that we do to, to try and get, you know, to try and get close. Do you, um, I wouldn't, I, I, I would say, you know, that we've not, I didn't say we've, we haven't cracked it. I mean, inbound, I think we've got a good engine going on the ABM side of things. Like many of our clients, we're still, you know, perfecting it for mm -hmm. ourselves, Yeah. but uh, you know, we're very excited about, about doing it and it's, you know, we, we're getting some traction with it. Do you have a uh, salesperson on staff or, or is it mostly yourself who's managing the, uh, the, the new relationship, like closing um, new deals? So there's a, a, another principal in the firm, a guy called Bob Blount. Bob, and Bob, is, the way I think about Bob is like, I, I call myself like a, a marketing guy who knows a lot about selling because I've done a lot of selling. And I, Bob is like, as a sales guy who knows a hell of a lot about marketing. So uh, Bob uh, was a very senior sales guy at Dell for many years, but he also worked in healthcare technology. He started some health tech companies. Awesome. Worked in, in various aspects of health tech. And some of them actually were, it were agencies where he was essentially in a kind of a, a strategy and sales role. And so he's helping to expand the business. And what's been great about having him as part of the team is in addition to having somebody else to go out and sell, he brings a different skill set. And so, you know, I, I, I sort of, we, we, we've got a, a new offering around whole area of enablement, which basically means helping sales and marketing teams improve their performance and their processes. And that's where things like a customer, customer experience playbook comes yeah. into, comes into it. So, 
you know, the, it, you know, so between the two of us, you know, we're, we're out there doing all the selling and then yeah. I've just got some fantastic people that we yeah. work with, who are on the team who join me in sales teams, sales meetings. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I talked to a lot of agency owners and some of them are very happy owning the sales motion. In fact, they demand it because relationships are so key and critical and setting up the right expectations yeah. and all of that is part of what you get by working with this agency. And there are others that, that prefer to work with the sales team. And I, I ask because it's always interesting to hear, you know, the, the experience of hiring sales as a, a founder or CEO who's not done that before, there's always so much learning there. <laughs> you know, I, I imagine through your tech, tech company, you've always went through that. But well, I was just I've got a couple of anecdotes for you. So a quick one was in my software company, yeah. we hired multiple salespeople and they all failed. The only people who could sell was myself and the partner. Mm. And, and unfortunately it meant that the business wasn't scalable. So it got to a sort of medium size and then we sold it. And so, you know, I don't, I look at that as a failure, actually, not as, as not, not as, as a sort of anything that reflected well on me. Interestingly, so early on in the life of Health Launchpad, when it was really just me and a couple of other people doing a bit of freelance work, I was a fractional CMO. And I was hired as a fractional CMO for this telehealth company. And as I joined them, they said, well, we're in the process of hiring an agency and, um, We've got this agency who will name nameless. They are one of the hottest agent, digital agencies. They're one of the top inbound agencies. And the sales experience was fantastic. I mean, just like they would, it was like this, this is a SaaS company with my client. They were saying they were taking notes and things like this is stuff we got to be doing. Like they were using Vidyard and they were using they, their technique with their closing. It was fabulous. The, after we got, after we hired them, and they told us, oh, they got tons of healthcare experience. The healthcare experience was there was somebody who had maybe two or three years working experience, smart young guy, but very green, yeah. who had worked sort of like in an ancillary role on one, on one client, which had nothing to do with what we did. And nobody else on the team had a clue about healthcare. Okay. So, all right, we'll, we'll teach you healthcare. The experience of working with them was so bad <laughs> that we fired, we had a six, they wanted a year long retainer. We gave them a six month retainer. We actually fired them after 60 days wow. and we negotiated out. And it was, we made, we got to the point where we made their life so unpleasant. They just wanted out anyway. And I, I then turned to the CEO of the, of the company I was doing as a fractional CMO. I said, look, I'm so incensed by this experience. I just, I've got a group of freelancers. I'm actually going to make this real. I'm going to turn this into an agency and we'll, we'll basically be your agency on a marketing as a service basis. And he said, all right, fine, go ahead and do it. And so he said, and, and it'll be cost you less too, by the way. And he said, well, I've got nothing to lose. Um, otherwise you've got something to lose because you screw up. I'm going to fire you. It's like, all right, don't worry. And that's how we got started. Uh, so I called it my, my spite agency. Nice. I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. You know, he had a, his Spike coffee shop. Oh, yes, yeah, Spike. Called Latte Larry's. <laughs> yes. He so this is my, this is, it was Mel yes. Jones and Latte Larry's. This is my Spike <laughs> I was so incensed. And it was expensive too. It was so bad. And, and I, you know, this agent, this, this agent is very successful. So they probably just, I think we were very small for them. So they gave us the sort of the, yep. you know, very junior team yep. and said, here's the playbook, go, you know, go do what you're going to do. But 
yeah, it was it was awful. <laughs> and you've you've been if you're around long enough, you go through at least one of those experiences with an agency, a really slick sales team and yeah. experience, and then on the back end, it's a different different world. So, but gosh, you're just reminding me just how truly important sales investing in a great sales process, you know, preceded by a wonderful yes. marketing team and a marketing messaging yeah. differentiation and, and all that stuff, but leading into a, a wonderful world class sales experience is just truly priceless for any business i come it, from a sales background and, and, so yeah yeah so and actually i we uh, i have a sales process that i have used for 15 years so different stages and i use it to forecast the pipeline and it gets us focused on where we are in the sales process and it works and i and you know i can forecast with a you know a relatively high degree yeah. of confidence yeah. it's certainly not 100 percent, but it's 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 better than you know if, if, if a salesperson said that someone was 100 percent, they would lose credibility with me so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so taking like a, like a kind of step back a little bit with regard to you know just taking a vertical market approach you were you were in the agency space at organic i believe and then health yeah. well, ogilvy, ogilvy, i worked at Ogilvy, I worked at Organic, yeah. I worked at Gray. Definitely deep in the Airbnb. agency space. Yeah, deep in the, so yeah, the, yeah. the big, yeah, big, big agencies. agencies. Yep. And we made you off into health tech, software, and then now you're, you're an agency. If you were advising, let's say, a junior founder in, in the agency space who's thinking about specializing in a vertical, could be healthcare, could be, you know, hospital systems, or probably not, you know, it could yeah. be anything. What advice would you have for them as they're thinking about taking more of a vertical approach? Pick a niche and then find a niche within the niche and then and make yourself really good at that because it's very easy to, I think, you know, that I, I, I almost made this mistake of saying, yeah, health tech's too small. No, it's not. <laughs> it's hundreds of billions of dollars. And uh, there's there's a, there's a big need, and I, I don't have an aspiration to create the next you know WPP. I, you know I'm quite happy if this is you know we're, we are a, we're doing really well, a seven figure agency, yeah. And you know I maybe get to eight figures, but I'm not. I'm no. I don't want to be this to be a hundred, two hundred million dollar. I've no no aspiration to do that. Um, it's just not no interest. So but so pick, find your niche, and then figure out what your niche is within the niche. So our niche within the niche is ABM. And so that's, you know, we are the healthcare ABM experts. And that the reason why you want to do that is that as long as you've, you know, you've identified the need. So there was a need for ABM. I, could, I knew there was a need based on the work that I was doing with, with HIMSS. And it, once you figure that out and you're experts at it, businesses then start coming to you. That's why, you know, we do well on inbound is because, you know, people are interested in that. And so, you know, be the number one. If, you, if you're good at SEO, go, go be the number one SEO agency in healthcare. You know, there's, there's there are probably a handful of agencies already doing it. But you're, you're, but again, you know, you're competing. You know, like I said, there's, there's I don't know, less than 10, maybe less than five companies in health tech, agencies in health tech that are competing for the business of well over a thousand potential customers out there. Most of my clients I'd never heard of before they became clients. And so, 
you know, you're, you're, again, the, your competition is most likely not going to be other agencies. It's going to be in-house capabilities. I, and I tell you, I, in the last year, I started uh, to drift. I just said, hey, you know, I wrote this book called Total Customer Growth, which is a general ABM book. And I wrote it for a number of reasons, but one of which was give, give us an ability to get out of healthcare and to serve non-healthcare businesses. And I'll tell you what, we're, we're sort of this blinding glimpse of the obvious, which is we're really good at ABM and we're really good at healthcare. Yeah. Well, once you get out, get rid of out, then it's like, well, then I'm really good at ABM. And there are hundreds of agencies yeah. out there that are really good at ABM. Yeah. yeah. And there are I, tens of thousands of companies. It's like, it's, it becomes really, it suddenly becomes hard to figure out who you're going after and why they should, why they should do business with you. Yeah. I, I think about it in terms of if you're going to specialize, you can specialize in two ways. You can specialize in what you do. ABM in your case yep. and who you do it for uh, hospital systems. When you combine, when yep. you're, when you're an expert in both and you specialize against both, you see the evidence in your business where you're, you're a, you know, in a small pond, small competitive pond, there's a thousand, you know, big businesses or funded businesses that are willing, that have the need that you solve and you're competing against, as you said, a small, yep. small group of competitors. And you're able to, in, in two years, you know, maybe in change, you're able to, from an SEO perspective, be able to rank competitively, get you know quality leads coming in on keywords that, that otherwise I'm sure would be very hard to be able to rank for, especially in two years. So I think that what you've done is a great example of specializing in both you know what you do and how you uh, and who you serve in a way that's really working for you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm re- the other thing is I'm really enjoying it, but I'm, I'm enjoying it because I'm continuing to learn. Yeah, you know, the fact that I've been doing you know. I, uh, you know, I've been in health tech. For, yeah, I've been in health tech for 15 years, which actually, for many people, is not that long. But I'm still learning a lot about the market because the market's evolving, and the problems that we're solving are interesting enough. So, you know, it, that it fuels the passion of our of the team, right? There's, we're solving interesting problems. We're not getting bored. Just like, okay, we're going to build another, you know, HubSpot website for another client. Right? Well, let me ask you. I mean, you wrote, you went, you went through the trouble of writing a book. I'm finishing writing a book, and it is like very painful, at least it is for me <laughs> in a good way, maybe, but, uh, What's for me yeah, yeah. And with an idea that, Hey, this is going to help us to expand outside of, uh, healthcare. And through that process, you realize, you know, truly how special the thing you've built is, uh, those are my words, but effectively that's what I'm getting. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's right. What yeah. are the downsides or the negatives or potential negatives of taking a niche or a verticalized approach in your mind? We'll never be a hundred million dollar agency. And as that's something I don't care about, it's not a problem. I can't think of any other downsides. Yeah, I guess the other downside is, you know, the budgets are not huge, right? So there are no IBMs and Procter and Gambles, you know, that, that spend, you know, uh, Procter PNG probably spends, well, well, I think 10 years ago, they were spending over a billion dollars a year in advertising. So you know, now it's probably two or three billion, right? You know, there's no, I, I, I haven't found yet the, sort of the golden goose health tech clients that will support a 200 person team. So when I was at organic, I ran the bank of America account. And at one point we had 200 people working on the business. Yeah. I don't think that's, that exists in health tech. So to me uh, personally, that's like, I don't have a, a last thing I want to do is run a 200 person <laughs> team, be dependent on one piece of business, but it does mean that you've got to stay nimble. Right. And so maintaining long-term relationships is is much harder than it was in my big agency days 
And although, you know, from what I hear of people working the big agencies, it's even hard for them to keep clients for a long yeah. time. So we think, you know, we, I find that we don't get fired with clients. They just take it in house. <laughs> they just sort of, they just kind of drift away yeah. because they just say, oh, this is great. Thank you very much for teaching us how to do that and introducing us yeah. to your, all, all the various sort of second party resources that you use. We'll just do it yeah. ourselves. <laughs> Which makes sense like, why, yeah, your approach of, of, of identifying adjacent problems that you could solve, which is brilliant. I have one last question for you. What's yeah. your motivation? I just love what I do. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm at a stage in life where I could, if I wanted to retire, yeah. you know, sell the company, it wasn't that great exit. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have to work. I just love it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's still fun working with clients, working on problems. And uh, it's still, you know, I'm proud of the work that we're, do we're doing. We make it feel like we're making a difference. Yeah. Uh, there's someone else, actually. There is one other thing, which is, because I, I don't really, you know, uh, is that there's sort of three parts to the business. You know, it's how we make money, which is consulting. Then there's two sort of passion things that we do. One is education. So we do coaching. We do, and all the content we create is all educational. The third aspect to it is, is, I sort of by sort of a happenstance ended up creating a little network of healthcare CMOs. We did a, I did a webinar with, with him. actually, it was a panel of health tech marketing people and they really got on together well. And I, so I was the moderator of it. I said, Hey, do you want to kind of keep this going? Should we, I said, Oh yeah, 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 let's do it. So I said, well, I'll organize it. And so we've grown this and now it's actually a legit network of, and we get together once a month and we'll, you know, talk about an issue that they want to talk about. And now we've actually got a group of them have actually are now working with me to run it. And I've no idea what, where that, where that will go. I, you know, I don't, I don't particularly want to necessarily want to commercialize it, but I actually, you know, I'm helping these, it's, it's sort of by creating this, that it's helping them network with each other. And so, you know, and they're helping each other try to find jobs and look out for leads and that kind of thing. And that's pretty satisfying, yeah. you know, feels, feels pretty good. You use the term make a difference. And I think that you've, you've certainly made a difference here. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming you. on the show okay. and sharing your wisdom and your experience with the listeners, with myself. I learned a lot, Adam. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Corey, my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Corey Quinn, and I hope you join me again next time for the Vertical Go-To-Market Podcast. If you receive value from the show, I would love a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.